Welcome to the Transformation Cafe with your host, Robin Misevich. Transformation Cafe, a weekly half hour of light, topical conversation about health, wellness, happiness, personal growth, spirituality, and other insights. We're glad you're here. Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul. Now, let's get started and introduce our diners for tonight's show. Well, hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Transformation Cafe. We are in the Cafe Book Club. Woohoo! I always love it when we're doing these wonderful books. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? This is a really special series that we're going to be doing. We're doing The Game Called Life. And if you go back to episode... 354, we already had a conversation with Kay Gilley, the author of The Game Called Life, and it was a really fascinating kind of um, a peripheral view of what the game of life is all about, and we had some really interesting conversation. One one particular part that I really loved was we were looking at the difference between transformation and, what was it, transformation and transition. Yeah, transition. transition. Yeah. Yeah, that was very interesting with the whole... Uh, dynamics that we have on that. So, hey, Kay, how's it going? Great. Glad, glad to be with you ladies again. Oh, just so glad to have you. And Kay is going to be with us for each episode. We're going to be doing, we're taking our time a little bit with the book, and we're going to be here for four weeks and working a couple chapters a week. And Miss Amy is with us as well. Hey, Miss Amy, how are you tonight? I'm in trouble. I've lost my marble, so I don't know if I can play the game called life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Kay's the only one who can answer that question because she's got the inside scoop. So <laughs> we're just going to see how that all works out. So before we get started with the book, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this and it really, I, I don't know why, but I started thinking about, you know, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. And, you know, every Christmas we, we all go and look at that movie and it's just such a wonderful, I think there's some, some parallels and some things to look at that we all want to be reminded about that there's this loving force that's around us that really wants our good, really looking out for us and that these choices could be really different depending on what we do with everything. So, you know, I, I guess it's kind of Christmas in July or Christmas in August, I guess, Christmas in August <laughs> since we're in August now. But I just think it's just so interesting. And then the other movie I was thinking about was Warren Beatty with Heaven Can Wait. And if you're not familiar with that one, he basically uh, winds up going through three or four different uh, people that pass away, you know, trying to come back to his life because they, by mistake, he, you know, he, he dies and they're trying to put him back into a good fit for himself. And I think there's some parallels with that too about some of the different things that really happen with uh, the game called Life. And when we've got um, um, Helen coming in as a guide and being able to, you know, help Lizzie with all the different things she has going on with that. So what do you think about that, Kay? Well, I have to say I'm not very familiar with either of those movies. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So homework, get... homework for Kay. <laughs> Watching both those movies before next homework week. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, oh. But I do think, um, you know, I, I make a point in the book that, everything is so complex and interrelated and that when one person either does or doesn't do their part, it impacts everybody. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just from what I understand about those movies from your introduction, it sounds like there may have been some trickle out to other characters in those movies. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just the fact that you haven't really familiar with them, I really would love that we maybe on the next episode that we talk about that, because I know for a lot of people, it's just tradition. Right after Thanksgiving, people get, you know, make sure that they watch it's, you know, it's a wonderful life. It's just a kind of a part of what people have. They kind of frame the holidays with that theme of, of making different choices and how, you know, your life can be totally different. So, you know, and and it's really cute because it's an angel basically that goes through and helps him. And, and the you know, part of the that's really important to the story is that, you know, an angel, when every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets its wings. So, you know, it's, oh, it's this okay. angel basically um, helping, helping humans beings to, you know, see that their choices are. And, you know, when they've done their job, their final, their final reward for being out and working in heaven is to get their wings. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think that would be one. And I think that would be wonderful for, I can just see people going, you're watching it. It's a wonderful life. It's not Christmas time. Why would you watch that? <laughs> <laughs> But it really goes along with this whole, you know, the, the game called life and uh, really looking at it from, you know, having this, you know, Helen being the guy, the spiritual guy that really comes and helps Lizzie to figure some stuff out. So what do you think of that aim? Just the fact that we've kind of presented that as kind of a framing for getting started here. Well, I, I'm going to go a little bit different direction because that's my job. That's what I do. And what okay. in terms of tradition, um, I got this book from Kay, the game called life right after it came out, probably before it was even published, I think. Maybe it was manuscript, I'm not sure. And I have been reading it at least once a year, usually twice a year, and it is, it's a tradition for me. And I find every time I read it, I get a little bit different from it. As a matter of fact, when we started, I knew that we were going to do you know start tonight, so last Monday I was reading Chapter 1 again, and it's so fun. I'm really not kidding. I've read it so many times. And there was there were things again this time that I got out of it. But there uh, in, in chapter one, Lizzie takes a, takes a fall, and because she has not been paying attention to things. And I, right after I read that chapter, I got a call that there were some major things happening that were going to cause major shifts in my career. Literally right after finishing reading that chapter, I'm like okay, hold on to your hat, the, Mr. Toad's wild ride has begun. Yes. There is interesting timing there. Um, I, mm-hmm. too, have read it many, many times. And it just so happens as I'm kind of looking back over it for the book club, a former client of mine from 25 years ago just discovered it, and so I've been talking about it with him. And and so it's in there. It, every time I visit it, it's like, oh, I get that on a much deeper level than I have before, or it has a different meaning to me than I had before. So it is a gift that keeps giving. <laughs> well, and, and I, you know, if you go back to that, again, back to that episode at 354, well, one thing I really loved is like, you know, you, Kay wrote this in five days. I just think that's phenomenal to begin with. And that reminds me of like Wayne Dyer and how he would basically, you know, go to a hotel or whatever for like a week or two weeks or whatever. And that's how he would write too. So, and then we were talking on last episode about the shack too. And the shack was written that same kind of thing. It was just like something takes, it takes you over and all of a sudden you're just inspired and just, it's almost like you're watching a movie and writing it down, right? Is that kind of how it was for you? Absolutely. I mean, it felt like I was reading. It was, it was coming through my fingers, and I was reading it on the computer screen as it went. And there was one day that I wrote 32 pages, 
and my wrist ached from so many keystrokes. But I was sitting there literally with one hand typing and the other hand massaging the wrist because I couldn't pull myself away from what I was reading on the screen. Mm, mm, that's so great. That's so great. That just shows the power of that, you know. And then, uh, you know, if you've gone gone on Amazon, oh, there's so many people that say that too. It's like it's so great we couldn't put it down. So isn't it great that in you and in you writing it, you know, you couldn't stop writing it, and then people are like, I can't stop reading it. I think that's just so great that it has that kind of synergy that goes with it. That's just very very cool. So so let's jump into the book. So the first chapter is called A World Upside Down. And it really talks about how Lizzie had just started having these circumstances that basically, I really feel like, um, and this is something that I've learned through my spiritual walk, is that, you know, you're basically going to get attention three different ways. You're going to get the two by four, you're going to get the tap on the shoulder, and then you'll hear whispers. So uh, yeah. Lizzie was definitely getting some two by fours. <laughs> 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 these circumstances that, you know. Level. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, the universe was trying to get her attention and really just to kind of help her get back on the path. And that, you know, it's these invisible forces that are really helping her to um, see that, you know, she's loved and cared for. But gosh, you know, please pay attention a little bit and, you know, make it something that, you know, can be for your guidance on that. And gosh, so many times on the show, we've really talked about, you know, be still and listen. You know, allow yourself to have quiet time and have that be something that can be in there. So I'd love for either one of you to jump in on any of this. So, you know, it's just so important when it comes to, I think it should be one of the Ten Commandments, thou shall be quiet and just basically, you know, listen for the guidance that's just right there. Yeah, and that's that's a theme that's woven through the book. There's several different approaches or things that she has to deal with. It's really important to be still ask a question and listen and 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 an open-ended question you know i with my clients well they'd sit and they'd say well should i do this or that well it's like you don't want to limit the universe you open it you ask an open-ended question what would you have me do and then you listen and you would probably get something different than your multiple choice that you were trying to dictate Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've got ABC, and you know, actually, you're you're on J. <laughs> Spirit wants yeah. to give you J. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Aim. Well, I think an important point is that you know our prayers are answered, but not necessarily the way we think they're supposed to. And for me, I mm-hmm. years ago I started noticing right before I would find out something important, I would get a series of twos, usually three, sometimes more. And so I need to find a meeting space for this uh, event I'm having on August 18th. And, and, and it's really been frustrating for me in driving home from a meeting today. You know, again, I asked, I need some guidance, and I got 222-TEN, 10. And that is the last name of a person who has an organization who may be a perfect fit for this meeting. But it never occurred to me mm-hmm. until I saw that. Nice. Yeah, that's very nice. And a lot of well, times... And- you know, you will think, oh, I'm not getting an answer, but you just get one step at a time. The universe doesn't give you the whole plan. They give you one step. What is it you're supposed to do? You're supposed to drive home differently than you do usually. And when you're driving home differently, you see a sign that suggests something different. 
and and it leads you into a thought path that you wouldn't have been on if you had driven home on autopilot the way you always do. And I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people, it's like they want to know what the end point is. And most of the time, the universe doesn't give you an end point. They just give you breadcrumbs, and you have to keep following them. And, and yeah, exactly. another thing that occurred to me this time, I don't know that I've ever thought about this before, Kay, but the fact that Lizzie doesn't see Helen, that she only hears her. Hmm. And they right. never really thought about that before, but it feels important this time for me. And I don't know why yet. Listening is so important. You know, and maybe mm-hmm. the seeing get in the way of the listening part. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. One of the other things that I really love about Chapter 1 is, you know, there's just these different things to take a look at. And, you know, that every single thought is a prayer. I really love that. And, you know, I, I was visiting Amy a couple of weeks ago and we started having that conversation and she had shared that with me because, you know, we were starting to talk about the book before we, we did the show. And, you know, she's just right up. I really love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit about, you know, the fact that, you know, worrying is a prayer. I just thought that was so great, Amy. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing how many times that it's like the power of our thoughts are actually creating the very thing that we fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and in the book, this other person that Helen is helping, Bill, has a heart attack because he's been wishing for what, or worried about not having enough money to send his kids to expensive school, and, and he wants what's best for the kids. Well, the universe responds by giving him a heart attack so he can stay at home and spend some time with his kids, which is what they really need. But, you know, we don't usually think about, oh, that power of that worry thought, and it's answered in a very different way. Well, you know how many people are going to say, Lord, give me a heart attack so I can slow down. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen too often. Especially in that way, something that, you know, really just very telling about the whole thing. And this universe is so much wiser than we are and knows us so well. I just think it's such a sweetness that, like I said, whether it's the the two by four or the tap on the shoulder, which will I prefer? And I think part of that's that we talked about, about that again on the show, about just that daily visitation, that daily, you know, encouraging ourselves just to slow down and be able to connect to ourselves, whether it's journaling or praying or contemplation or, you know, and however that can look, that could be journaling, that could be walking, that could be doing the dishes. You know, there's lots of ways that we can connect and still be, yeah. you know, getting things done in the world. But it's a matter of the mindfulness of why am I here and what am I seeking to to embrace and find while I'm, while I'm in doing this this thing, you know. And I think that, you know, the power of our dreams, I think a lot of times we don't take time to sit and record what our dreams are and see what the universe is trying to tell us through our dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Our, I know our when we had my... dreams, not our daydreams. <laughs> well, they could really kind of be both, <laughs> depending what we've got going on, depending on, you know, if you could be mindful and be paying attention. I think that's part of it, too. It's very, like I said, source knows, source knows us better than we know ourselves, so if that's, that's the place that we're really going to be able to tune into that, depending on what else we've got going on, it could be that aha, that, you know, satori moment, 
you know, as uh, Wayne Dyer loved to talk about it, you know, being that kind of just that epiphany that we get for being able to move into something else. Just like Amy saying, you know, if I hadn't been in the right in that place and re- recognize I knew somebody, I, you know, I wouldn't have had that be presented to me. I think that was really brilliant with all that. So, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, just going along with that single thought, I, you know, I had a, I, I went to a network meeting today and, and one of the guys in particular was just so wonderful because he talked about, you know, the most, the, the one thing I really want to focus on is gratitude and being thankful. Because if I do that, everything else will fall into place. Because I'm in each moment, I'm being conscious of, you know, what am I thankful for? And, you know, what am I grateful for in, in each and every moment? And when we do that, it lifts the conversation, it lifts my mindset, and really helps me to see things from a, a wider perspective. And I think that's just really, really wonderful. And that's in the last chapter of the game called Life as well. It's about gratitude. But, you know, when you look at the game called Life as a game with rules and with challenges that we have, and if you you look at it from a perspective of everything is as it should be, there's something here I'm supposed to learn, there's something I'm supposed to serve, then for me, you can't help but, I can't help but be grateful for whatever's happening because I know it's part of that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Amy? Yeah, I I think that's you know such a critical component is 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 being able to accept that it's a game, and keeping you know one of my favorite quotes and it's it's anonymous I've never found it and who said it but that to act like everything you did could change the course of the planet while laughing at yourself thinking anything you did made any difference whatsoever. Oh, yeah, I, I said that. That was me. I always do. No, I don't know who said that. But that you know, you always want to take credit for like, I don't know who said that. No, it's me. It's okay. It's me. <laughs> it's, me. it's me. That's how you play the game. That's how you play the game. That's how I play the game. <laughs> so in chapter two of the game called Life really gets into the game called Life is the soul game that spans many lifetimes. And Dad, when you when you first started writing this book, how did you feel about past lives, um, Kay? Um, I, I actually, and remember this book is coming through me, not from my head, I probably had a more traditional um, perspective on past lives, but in the game called Life, Lizzie talks about the these as time periods like you would have in a ball game, like a quarter time or a half time. And it's like you stop, you know, you stop your game, you go back and reassess what you need to do, and then the game continues. So while people, souls come and go in the way we normally think of death, she's really describing it more as, oh, we're just stepping back and then coming back in. I had a dear friend of mine who died twice on um, the surgery table, and both times she went for a life review. And while she was passed over, and so you know this kind of thing of just saying, well, you know, lifetime after lifetime, you know, lifetimes could actually be you you die and then come back even in the same life. Right. You know, you get that second opportunity to basically say, you know, there's still things you can do. Do you want to go back? 
and they always say that I've, I've, I, after my mom passed away, I actually got a couple of different books about uh, just different people talking about, you know, dying on the table or whatever, and then coming back. And it really helps you just kind of have a, a way different perspective. And one in particular was um, a guy who was a medium that helps people to talk to people who have passed over. And um, an individual came through that was actually not a part of a, um, a connection with somebody who had passed over. And he said that he really wanted everybody to know that when you pass over, there's this garden of flowers that represents every kind and compassionate thing you've ever done in your life. And when you go over, when you pass over, you get to go through that garden and you get to experience and when you look at all these different flowers, you remember what those things were. And I got, gosh, how lovely that is to have that kind of a, an image of, you know, just the, the fact that these small, these small things that we don't necessarily make a big deal are actually our gardens of, of flowers that are waiting for us on the other side. I just thought that was so amazing. Yeah. And I don't even think that we need to, as you're talking about somebody who actually dies on the operating table, I think if we treat these transition moments, when the universe is trying to turn our worlds upside down, if we treat those seriously, those can be like starting our lives over again. So I had, yeah. in 1995, I had a real severe health crisis. And for about 48 hours, we didn't know if I was going to live. And if I did, I was probably going to be a quadriplegic. And I will mm. tell you, every day, I thank God that I can wiggle my fingers and toes. And mm-hmm. that was something that I was never conscious of before I took it for granted. And that's a lot of what, in the game called life, we talk about this kind of karmic life, which is the autopilot life, where we take things for granted. And then you're moving to your divine legacy life, where you're being very conscious about what's going on. Oh, I love that. Divine so, you know- legacy life. Let's be with that person. Divine, yeah. Yeah, that's a good title for a book. <laughs> that sounds like it should be a workbook. That sounds like a workbook to me. But anyway. So we want to make, I want to make sure that we talked about the three keys that we want to set up for the game of life. And I'd love for you to talk about those keys. So the number one is that um, we agree to learn spiritual lessons. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. But if you want to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, you know, each soul has... I have no idea what the number is. Let's say there's a thousand spiritual lessons that each soul learns. And once you've learned those in one life, then you don't need to work on those again. You come into each life with a set of lessons that you want to work on in this life. And working on those is a privilege, but it also gives us skills for service that we need to do. So in exchange for getting to work on those spiritual lessons, we agree to do service. And we also are given certain gifts and talents to develop fully that will be needed for the work that we are, that's put in front of us. And those are the three things that we're always working on. And most often when we're working on one, it's serving the other two. But, we oftentimes don't know that. Yeah, because that's to me just so sound, sounds like instead of karma being your dharma, 
you know, and Dharma is really, you know, using your gifts and talents for something that really is for a higher good. And you just kind of flow with that thing. I thought it would be really interesting to talk about that when it comes to your special gifts, because it just seems like so many people have just all these gifts and talents that they just don't take seriously that they've been given, mm-hmm. to, you know, to in this lifetime. And they think, oh, it's too easy for me to do that. Well, I can't make any money at that. But yet it's just like, you know, breathing for them and being able to, you know, share that kind of stuff. Helen makes the point to Lizzie that this isn't about making money. Mm-hmm. It's about using your gifts. So Lizzie mm-hmm. has a gift of making things beautiful in her garden and her home. She's not going to make money off of that. But that's her gift to develop. And she also has this gift to develop of dance that she hasn't developed. And she doesn't know how that's going to play out. And she's certainly, at 40, probably not going to make money at it. But there's some reason that the universe wants her to learn how to dance. Mm. I'm dancing with life. The, the words, um, it involves a progression of assignments, each of which will help the soul evolve while giving back to the world. Yes. Amen. And we never know what we're into. And that I guess that's the thing as I'm um, coming back and looking at this after many years and looking at it so closely this week is to be to have had several personal ahas just in this week. It's about, oh, I never saw it that way before. And then I could see things that I had done along the way that were really important for me to learn as as spiritual learning, but also of service along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'm really grateful for is that, you know, once you learn it, you don't have to do it again. <laughs> well, I know about that. <laughs> pretty glad. I'm pretty happy about that. And it, it reminded me of that. I don't remember where I even learned it, but it's like being in a shell that you outgrow the shell and you can't get back in, even though you want to crawl back inside there. You're like, I know that. I yeah. want to go back in there. You're like, nope, you're not going to fit back in that one. I'm like, moving on. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I love the old, if you remember the old Carol Pearson book, I think it was called The Hero Within, where, you know, she talks about learning the same lesson, but different degrees of that lesson. Mm -hmm. And so in Mm -hmm. a lifetime, you might learn several degrees of a personal lesson before you get to the graduation point where it's like you you're done with that. Mm-hmm. But I I was very keenly aware that I was living such a comfortable life probably about 18 years ago. Loved the work I was doing. Really loved it. And I think I was really good at it. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the universe just said, you're finished. And I think mm-hmm. it was telling me that I had gotten into such a flow with the work I was doing that I was done with that. It's time for me to move on to something else. Yeah, it that reminds me of a, a guy that he passed away this year from it was kind of extended family, and he was the same kind of thing. He would learn something to the point where he felt very efficient at it. Like if he he brought he took up archery and he got to the point where he could just totally hit the bullseye every time. And once he did that, he put it down and he walked on to something else. 
And I just thought that was such an interesting way of being able to, you know, walk your, you know, it's like, where did he learn that? That he could, you know, be, be learn to be almost a master at it and then walk away. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and it, there is a frustration. I think, you know, people talk about, I think it was Mother Teresa that had these intense, personal experiences with God when she was younger, but then moved away from that. And and there can be an emptiness that comes from, you know, having been so deeply in the flow of something. And the universe isn't going to let you continue it. So it's like, okay, go learn this other thing now. Mm-hmm. And have, you know, it's like I've been running marathons and now I have to go back and learn how to crawl again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Well, and, and the, well, yeah, I want to throw this in the mix for a second here. It says, if a player doesn't develop their gifts, their work must be reassigned. So yeah. if they're in the flow in one part of their gifts and then there's another gift trying to peek out, maybe that's kind of what we're talking about? There's a gift that... It could be. be uh, and I'll tell you, I was supposed to move to Washington in 2004, and I thought I couldn't afford to do it and so the universe just beat me up for two years until I got here and and it was much harder and I think if I'd come in 2004 it probably would have been very easy mm-hmm. because there was probably something that they needed me here to do in 2004 oh yeah mm-hmm so that's like, you know, all the rest of these things had to get shuffled because you weren't in the place that, you know, in the right place at the right time that they were inviting you to go to. Right. So I want to yeah, talk about a couple. We can't know what that was all about. And the other, you know, the other thing is that there are people, and we've all known them, who say they want to learn and grow, but they don't really want to learn and grow if it pushes them out of their comfort zone. Yeah, And so I had a client in North Carolina who said, oh, I will go anywhere God asks me to go as long as it's not cold. (laughs) And she'd been getting guidance. She's going someplace cold. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, she had been getting guidance to go to Minneapolis. Well, if there was work that God had for her to do in Minneapolis and she won't go there because it's It's cold. cold. Then we got to mm-hmm. find somebody who will go there because <laughs> that can do that same work. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing to think of it that way. Yeah. Well, thirty minutes is always too short for these great conversations, yeah. and next week we'll be doing we'll be going over chapters three and four, which will be very very exciting. Just want to remind everybody, you know, um, we've started the book, but that doesn't mean you can't uh, like jump in anytime that you want to with the book. Um, and invite you to go to the transformation cafe dot com and. You can go ahead and buy the book there, and that'll be able to get you guys up and going. And we'd really love for any questions, comments, anything you'd like to be sharing with Kay or Amy and I about, you know, this process and things that you're getting as you read the book, you know. And if you want to jump on the call, too, you know, Pacific Time here at 8 o'clock on Tuesdays, you know, we're available as well. So any questions with that, being able to get on. So thank you, Kay. Thank you, Amy. Wonderful conversation. Thank you, Robin and Amy. Joy. Okay, Good guys, joy. Well, I look forward to you saying next week with the cafe, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks okay. for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Transformation Cafe podcast. 
To learn more, visit transformation-cafe.com for show notes, guest information, and links to previous shows. You can also subscribe to the Transformation Cafe podcast on iTunes. Join us again next time at the Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul.